I'm Zach Yanta with Yanta Ranches in Runge, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the U.S. government is finally addressing the Mexican corn ban. The U.S. Trade Representative's Office is taking action to hold Mexico accountable for their biotech corn ban under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A landowner liability bill went before the House Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from the state capitol and the latest from the Texas legislature on Texas Ag Today. Here's a big advantage for those who want to plant sunflowers in the Texas High Plains. You have a lot of leeway on when to plant. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas prepares for a hot, dry spring. And we've got more news on the border wall. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The U.S. Trade Representative's Office has initiated action against Mexico regarding that country's decree that would limit and stop biotech U.S. corn exports. Dave Salmonson, American Farm Bureau's Senior Government Affairs Director, says the trade representative's effort is under the authority of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement. The first thing that's done is what's called a request for consultations. That can take several months if necessary. Then, if the issue isn't resolved, they move on to a dispute resolution panel. So USTR this week has started the process to try to get this issue with Mexico resolved. Mexico first issued a decree to limit the import of biotech corn back in 2020. Part of what the Mexican government was looking at was the use of glyphosate. Of course, the U.S. produces a lot of corn that is exported to Mexico. It's our number one export market. So anything that would limit those exports is, of course, a big concern. And the fact that it was on such a non-scientific basis, we can see it as just being an attempt to limit trade. Salmonson says there is time for continued discussions, but if those discussions aren't fruitful, then the U.S. will take the action of calling for a dispute panel and getting a ruling on what Mexico has done. 
A one-time assistance program will soon be open for sign-up for eligible Texas rice growers. As we navigated through the reality of 2022's extreme number of weather-related disasters was that rice producers had some needs that typical risk management tools didn't quite meet. And that led Congress to fund what is known as the Rice Production Program, according to Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau. He says the Rice Production Program is similar to the Emergency Relief Program, or ERP. We're working as fastidiously as we can to get this processed and out and available for our rice producers. So we wanted to signal this with this sort of a pre-announcement and let folks know that we're going to use the same application process that we used for ERP. They'll get a pre-filled form in the mail and also to let them know that there are some other forms that we will need to make sure we have on file for them that are kind of the regular course of doing business with Farm Service Agency. Of course, you can get all the details on on this new rice production program at your local FSA office. And speaking of signups, don't forget about the deadline to sign up for the 2023 crop year ARC and PLC programs. That deadline is coming up this Wednesday, March 15th. A landowner liability bill went before the House Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee in the state legislature. Tom Nicoletti goes to Austin for an update. We go to Austin today, and Blake Roach is my guest. He is Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director there at the state capitol. And uh, Blake, a landowner liability bill uh, to protect landowners, farmers, ranchers from uh, issues that might occur on their property. Uh, Fill us in on what's been filed, and uh, it also went before a committee uh, on uh, March the 8th. House Committee on Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence listened to a bill by Representative Andrew Murr out of Junction, and this is a a landowner liability bill. Farmers and ranchers across the state are having to deal with damage caused by criminals and trespassers trying to escape law enforcement. To get away, oftentimes criminals uh, will trespass onto agricultural land and cause damage to fencing and fields. And the damage to the fences can result in serious accidents if livestock escapes and gets onto the roads. And oftentimes farmers and, and ranchers They must work quickly to make uh, repairs and limit the the risk of liability for accidents. So this does uh, grant some additional limitations on liability for those farmers and ranchers for accidents that happen uh, without the the landowner's knowledge and uh, accidents that that involve livestock. Blake, when this uh, bill went before the House Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee, uh, what was uh, the feedback from the committee and how did that transpire? Well, we had several uh, individuals that testified in favor of this bill with uh, no opposition. The committee members seemed to uh, receive the information well. That is Blake Roach, Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director in Austin, talking about House Bill 73 by State Representative Andrew Murr of Junction. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There is a big advantage for those farmers who want to plant sunflowers on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt tells us the crop gives farmers a lot of leeway on when to plant. Sunflower has the widest planting window of any summer crop that we grow in the Texas High Plains. That's Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Calvin Trossel, who says here in the Texas High Plains, some farmers plant sunflowers as early as April, while some might wait all the way until July. 
That flexibility is another plus for producers who are looking for alternative crops that can get by with less water. One example Dr. Trossel cites is a farmer in the Dalhart area who waits until late June or so to plant his sunflowers in a split pivot arrangement with corn that was planted earlier. So he can grow the 60 acres of corn with the water that he knows that he can manage for good yields for economic return, not trying to spread the water out over a whole pivot, but the sunflowers are planted, they're growing, and then before they get to key growth stages for water requirement, uh, the corn is essentially done or almost done, and then they can start to move the water over onto the sunflowers and finish the season now. And with the planting time flexibility sunflowers offer, they're a good replant option, especially when following a failed cotton crop. One of the advantages there is many of the herbicides that a cotton farmer would use are also labeled in sunflower. So there's no issue with herbicides that you might have put on your cotton preventing you from planting sunflowers. That often is the case when a farmer loses their cotton crop and, and could go to grain sorghum. Cotton's a broadleaf, grain sorghum is a grass, there's different types of herbicides. The residual, what's left over in the soil, could be an issue when it comes to grain sorghum planting, but would not be an issue with sunflower. Once again, that was agronomist Dr. Calvin Trossel of Texas A&M AgriLife. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas is preparing for a hot, dry spring. Jim Hearn has a report from the Rio Grande Valley. Well, it's not even spring yet, and already temperatures are feeling more like early summer. The National Weather Service is predicting a hot, dry spring with many areas of extreme South Texas in drought conditions. From March through May, the high heat, 90 degrees plus, and high humidities are expected to be brutal. With the lack of rain, wildfire concerns are going to continue across the rangeland and many areas of the valley expected to be in severe or extreme drought by the end of May. Well, it may be a little early to start talking about hurricanes, but a recent study out of the First Street Foundation reporting that in the future, we may be looking 10 years down the road, stronger hurricanes are going to be affecting areas that well, really are not accustomed to hurricane force winds, and this, of course, all being prompted by climate change. The trend towards stronger hurricanes may also mean dollar values and damage will be on the increase. They predict at least 130 million structures could be at risk in the next decade. Irrigation demands are already on the increase because of the dry weather. Falcon Reservoir 13% full and dropping. Amistad 44% full, and that elevation is also starting to drop. The citrus harvest continues. Flinch oranges and grapefruit. We still have a lot of fruit to be harvested before the season ends. The federal government is now listing prostrate milkweed as an endangered plant and the rare plant which grows really along the border in Star and Zapata counties. Weed's important as a diet source for the monarch butterfly and is now threatening a large area that the border wall will pass through. Well, we'll keep you up to date on that, the latest border wall challenges. This is Jim Hurd in the Rio Grande Valley. Texas teens have an opportunity to learn about things like ranching, bobwhite quail, bass fishing, 
waterfowl, and white-tailed deer this summer. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And CBD use is becoming more common in animals than people. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. CBD use is becoming more common in animals than people. Dr. Bob Judd says one study is looking at CBD use in dogs. CBD has been promoted as being helpful for many conditions in people and animals and is widely used. However, there are some concerns about using CBD and in fact all other supplements. These supplements and CBD are not approved by the Food and Drug Administration for animals, and only one CBD product is approved in humans. So the first concern is there is little regulation over the exact contents in the bottles of CBD and other supplements as well. It has been shown that it is not uncommon for the ingredients in the bottles of supplements to be very different from the ingredients printed on the label. So it is sometimes a guess about the actual ingredients in the products. As far as CBD specifically, one study was performed on CBD in dogs over a 28-day period. Because we do not know the correct dosage of CBD that should be used in dogs, four different dosages were used, starting at a low dose and increasing up to 12 times that dosage. The goal was to find out if administration over a 28-day period caused any changes in blood testing in the dogs. It was noted that dogs had some mild side effects like hypersalivation and elevation of liver enzymes, especially at the higher dosages. A steady state was achieved after dosing for two weeks, and the drug seemed to build up in the blood, increasing the time to elimination of the CBD. The increase in the liver enzyme did not appear to be a serious issue, as other enzymes were normal. CBD did seem to be safe when used for 28 days, and the authors of the study call this chronic administration. I don't believe 28 days is a long period to study a drug, so we still do not know long-term effects of CBD at this time. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas teens have an opportunity to learn about ranching, bobwhite quail, bass fishing, waterfowl, and white-tailed deer this summer. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. Texas teens have just a few days left to apply to attend one of several immersive four- to five-day summer camps hosted by Texas Brigades. There are two camps focused on bobwhite quail, two on white-tailed deer, two on ranching, and one each on bass fishing, waterfowl, and coastal fisheries. Natalie Wolf, executive director of Texas Brigades, says the camps are held in June and July. When they are selecting the camp that they want to go to or applying, we ask them to rank their camps based on several options. Of course, there's interest. They may want to go to a camp and learn about fish or 
quail or waterfowl, or, you know, they are busy kids. They may need to choose based off of the time frame. You know, maybe they're really busy in June and they want to try to go to a July camp or vice versa. So that's an option as well. And then also they may want to choose by location. They may want to stick to the coast or stick to South Texas or go north. We have those options as well. The camps are open to 13 to 17-year-olds. The deadline to apply is March 15th. They must turn in their application by March 15th at midnight that night. So if it comes in March 16th, it's late. And we have a completely different process if it's late. So we really encourage everybody to get their application in on time. That way they have the best chance to be selected for their top ranked camp. We say that because we're a statewide organization and even though we have nine camps, it is a competitive process. So we definitely want everybody to have the best chance to get into their selected or favored camp. Students can apply at texasbrigades.org. Interested volunteers may also apply at the same website. That's texasbrigades.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time for another look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After five weeks of trading higher, cash cattle traded steady on Friday, which caused live and feeder cattle to trade lower. April live cattle down 52 cents to 164.27. June live cattle down $1.02 to 158.65. August live cattle down 90 cents to 158.45. Corn traded higher Friday, and that did contribute to feeder cattle trading lower. March feeder cattle down $1.60 to $191.47. April feeder cattle down $1.50 to $197.65. May feeder cattle down $1.90 to $203.57. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass has Cattleman's Brenham and Cattleman's Columbus. We just so happened to be talking to him about the results of the sale in Cattleman's Columbus on Wednesday. Doug, how did it go? At 434 head of cattle, I'll tell you, we had a really good market. Walk the pins. Yes, sir. On your way in cows, uh, thinner, thinner lower yielding cows, 55, 64, medium class cows, 68 to 80. Better higher yielding cows, 81 to three. On your bulls, lower yielding bulls, bring 87 to 97. Better higher yielding bulls, 105 to 123. Had a few pairs, prayers bring anywhere from 12 to 1350. A few bred cows, medium type 
Red Calibring 900 to 1250. Kev Market, like I said, Kev Market with things you're good. Uh, two, three weight steers, 165 to 267. Efforts 150 to 215. Three to four weight steers, 160 to 267. Efforts 145 to 231. Five weight steers, 150 to 258. Heifers 135 to 240, 5 to 6 weight steers 145 to 230, heifers 130 to 194, 6 to 7 weight steers 135 to 209, heifers 125 to 182, 7 8 weight steers 125 to 168, heifers 120 to 169, and 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yards bring 115 to 150. And your heiferettes bring a dollar ten to a dollar forty. Well, it sounds like you had a good sale. How many noses did you end up counting? Four thirty-four. What do you anticipate for this Friday in Brenham? We've got a few cattle lined up. Uh, I think we're kind of finding a spot. We're kind of running out of a few cattle around here. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to be maybe a little slower for the next few weeks um, until we get some. You know, I guess until we get some fall calves coming around. You know. Right. But uh, but the market's sure good. If y'all got them, bring them to town because they're dang sure. Yeah. It's it's worth the trip. Good deal. To Cattlemen's Brenham, they sell them every Friday. Doug Bass and his family and crew. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Y'all can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Our call there at the office, 979-836-3621. Well, neighbor, there's your livestock auction report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. April lean hogs up two dollars and thirty-seven cents to eighty-seven forty-five. May lean hogs up two dollars and seventeen cents to ninety-four ninety-two. March class three milk down a nickel to seventeen seventy-one a hundredweight. April class three milk down six cents to seventeen sixty-nine a hundredweight. We saw triple-digit losses in the cotton market Friday in what DTN called the worst trading day of the year. They say that due to lower Dow, fear of higher interest rates, and producer liquidation, cotton closed below 80 cents. May cotton down 400 points to 78.18. July cotton down 395 points to 78.94. A drought in Argentina and more competitive U.S. corn exports helped push corn higher on Friday. March corn up five and three quarters to 6.24 and a quarter. May corn up five and three quarters to 6.17 and a quarter. March hard red wheat up 25 to 8.11 and a quarter. May hard red wheat up 21 to 7.98 and a quarter. April natural gas down nine cents to 2.44. May natural gas down 11 cents to 2.57. April crude oil up 90 cents to 76.62 a barrel. May crude oil up 88 cents to 76.72. The Dow fell 276 points to 31,978. The S&P 500 down 45 to 3,872. And the Nasdaq down 168 to 11,169. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.